G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. If I told you that God wants to give you His very best to bless you, what do you imagine that that would look like? What does God's very best for you actually look like, feel like, taste like? The sad truth is that many of God's people simply don't know because they've never actually experienced God's very best for them. I'm Bernie Diamond and welcome again to the program as today we take a look at God's very best for you from a different perspective. One of the enduring memories of my childhood is being bored absolutely to tears at church on Sunday mornings. I was an inquisitive, energetic lad, as you might imagine, precocious, always on the move, always asking questions, always trying to explore my little world and get the most out of it. Anyhow, I digress. Back to church as a young lad. The things I remember most about church are the terrible droning sound of the minister's voice, the boredom and the frustration at not being able to get out there and and get on with my life and how incredibly hard those wooden pews were on my backside. I was one of those kids who'd stand up on the pew facing the people behind me and, and making faces at them, trying to make them laugh. Oh man, I pity my poor parents. I remember getting more than just the odd hiding from my father after church. It wasn't just the pews that gave me a sore backside. But can I tell you, as adults, this remains the experience of many people's Christianity, a Sunday ritual that for some reason they feel obligated to live out week after week, a droning minister, a sense of duty and boredom and mixed in all together. And it's no wonder that so many of God's people set up idols in this world that they worship above God because their experience of him simply isn't anything to write home about. Over the last few weeks on the program, we've been talking about how easily we fall into idolatry and exactly how that damages our lives. All those things in this world that appear to be so attractive, so reliable, so trustworthy that we invest in them and put our trust in them above and before God and yet they always fail. They, they never deliver. Nothing in this world can ever deliver what we're looking for. And that's why grabbing a hold of God's very best for you is so important. So, so what is God's very best for you? What, what does that look like? Well, here it is. Just, just sit back and soak it in. I'm reading from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 27. As they went out, they came upon a man from Cyrene named Simon, and they compelled this man to carry Jesus Christ. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull, they offered him wine and drink and mixed with gall, but when he tasted it, he wouldn't drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided his clothes among themselves by casting lots. Then they sat down there and kept watch over him. Over his head they put the charge against him, which read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then two bandits were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by derided him, shaking their heads and saying, You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it again in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. 
In the same way, the chief priests also, along with the scribes and the elders, were mocking him, saying, He saved others, but he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down from the cross now, and and we'll believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now, if he wants to. For he said, I am God's son. The bandits who were crucified with him also taunted him the same way. From noon on, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And about three o'clock, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lemma sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of the bystanders heard it, they said, the man is calling for Elijah. At once, one of them ran, got a sponge and, and filled it with sour wine, put it on a stick and gave it to him to drink. But the other said, wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. Then Jesus cried again with a loud voice and breathed his last. Matthew chapter 27, verses 32 to 50. There it is. God's very best for you, Jesus. This Jesus who came into this world to show you exactly what God's like. This Jesus who suffered so terribly to take the punishment that you and I so richly deserve so that we can have a real, intimate, dynamic, powerful, tender, lifelong, eternity-long relationship with God. That's the whole purpose of everything that Jesus did for you and for me to open up the door to that tender, intimate relationship with him. God's cry from the beginning of the Bible to the end is his desire to be our God and for us to be his people. He wants to dwell in our midst and for us to be with him and to behold his glory and to enjoy his presence and to worship him in a way that is completely divine. Right towards the end of the Bible, in the book of Revelation, God repeats his cry, a cry that we hear over and over again through Scripture. But this time it is the fulfilment of his deepest desire. It is our glimpse into the future to see how all this ends. Revelation chapter 21 verses 1 to 7. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. The sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice saying from the throne, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his peoples and God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. Also he said, write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. Those who conquer will inherit these things, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. That's God's very best for you. Eternity with him through Jesus, his son. And that's not something that begins when you die. It's something that begins, is meant to begin, was always ordained to begin the moment you believe in Jesus. Why do so many of God's people try to find solace in the things of this world when God's very best, God himself, is ready and waiting now? Listen to how the Apostle Paul put it in his letter to the Roman church, chapter 14, verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God isn't about the things of this world. Sure, God's blessed us with those things, but the things of this world are temporal. They're here today and gone tomorrow. 
I hope that my wife and I grow old and dotty together, really I do, but either she or I could get run over by a bus tomorrow. Nothing on this earth is forever. And when I'm travelling and we're apart as much as we can chat to each other through the wonders of the internet today, she's not there with me, but God is, Jesus is, the Holy Spirit is. God never departs, and as things turn out, he is the only one that can ever give me his righteousness knowing that I'm forgiven, knowing that I'm washed clean from my sin, knowing that as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed my transgressions from me through Jesus. He's the only one who can give me the peace that I need amidst the busyness and the pressure and the turmoil and the demands of life. And he is the only one who can fill me with a joy unspeakable, irrespective of what's going on around me. And he does that by pouring his Holy Spirit into me, into you, into anyone who puts their trust, their faith, their complete life in Jesus. Righteousness, peace and joy granted to us because of Jesus delivered to us through the Holy Spirit. There, right there, is God's very best and nothing in this world, no idol, no possession, no relationship, no position, no recognition, no amount of money even comes close. As that daily grind just kind of grinds away at us, it's easy to forget that Jesus died and rose again to give us victory. That's why every now and then, just as the Spirit leads, perhaps when you least expect it even, I'd love to send you a short text message of encouragement straight to your phone. That's what Victory SMS is all about. Roughly every other week, I ask the Lord, what word of encouragement could I give today? So if you'd like the occasional word of encouragement, head across to victorysms.org and when you do subscribe, you'll immediately receive a free copy of my ebook, Power Unlimited. Thousands already have, and the most common response, hey, that's exactly what I needed to hear today. How did you know that? Thank you so much. It's simply amazing how powerfully the Spirit of God can move through just a short text message. And I'd love to encourage you too to live your life in victory. Again, that web address is victorysms.org. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.